You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. In episode 42 of Sascapes, my guest was originally from Kenya. In episode 43, my guest hailed from the Republic of Mauritius. And in this episode, my guest, Olga Yarikov, is originally from the Republic of Uzbekistan and now finds her home in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. I'm Kevin Power, and as you hear Olga share her story, you'll be quite pleasantly surprised at the striking similarities between her original homeland and Saskatchewan. There are certainly some cultural and geographic parallels. Olga shares with me memories of her childhood in Uzbekistan, her creative inspirations, and the effects of political unrest on her life's path. Now that she has found a new sense of home in Humboldt, Olga finds herself open to expressing her creativity once again, drawing from the best of her past memories and eagerly diving into new experiences. It is once again that through the eyes of a newcomer, we are reminded of what makes our province and its people so special. This is the 44th episode in our premiere season of Sascapes. I'm in Humboldt. And I've waited a long time to meet my next guest. Olga, thank you for joining my series. Now, like my previous guests from another country, another part of the world, you are also not from Saskatchewan. You are from Uzbekistan. Originally, yes. Right. right. Were you near the capital of Uzbekistan where you grew up? Um... Probably it was on a distance similar to Humboldt and Saskatoon. No, I would say it was longer than that. Oh, yeah, for sure it was longer than that. Yeah, it, it was pretty big country. Mm-hmm. I hope it's still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a landlocked yeah. country. Uh, you, had, you were surrounded... Um, by f- we were sharing five different borders with five other Tajikistan, countries. Afghanistan. Uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. We, we had many different uh, neighbors. So you had to travel a while to get to the ocean. Oh, I never even heard about... Yeah. I mean, I heard for sure, but I, I read in books, but I've never seen an ocean and I'm guessing that there are people that grew up that were born in Saskatchewan. In fact, I know because when I came here and went to university, there were people here who had never seen the ocean because we're right. smack dab in the middle of the prairies. Yeah, we had lots of mountains around. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful country, mm-hmm. lots of uh, rivers, right. but not too many lakes. Are your winters the same as ours? Uh, it's not as, uh, I would say it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. We had snow. Yeah. We had all four seasons, mm-hmm. but it wasn't too cold. It wasn't too, uh, long, mm-hmm. you know. So, and we had pretty hot summer. Right. It's dry and hot. Probably like here. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Sometimes it got to 40, 50 plus. Mm. And so tell me about your life growing up there. Um, were you the, an only child? Were you from a big um, family? No, I'm an only for my mom. Mm-hmm. I have a stepbrother mm-hmm. from my dad's side. And uh, we have a pretty big difference in years. Mm-hmm between us so I kind of grew up like an only child right, right. I read a lot mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because I, I had to find something to be busy with. And what did you enjoy reading as a child? Everything. Everything. Just everything. And Hemingway, um, lots of American, English, mm-hmm. all across of the world, um, writers and Russian, sure. Russian was my first and still my first language. Russian was your first, still your first language, right. Yeah. So um, to what do you attribute your love of reading? I mean, were you, were you influenced by, was it your mom who, who loved reading so much? Probably, mm-hmm. yes. Um, were you surrounded by books? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. We brought lots of books here. I also have, but for sure, like, everything was... Um, my mom was a hunter. A hunter? For books. Oh, for books, right. <laughs> okay. Every, and it, it was time when uh, it was pretty hard to find good literature in stores. Because, like, everything was pretty hard to find at some point, but... Yeah, my mom was calling around or trying to find somebody just to, to, to find a good book for for me, right? especially. <laughs> now, were books hard to find because there was some kind of regulation on the, um, the number of books that could be brought in from other countries? Or? Not, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I, um I would say even like libraries were always full of people. Mm-hmm. That what I found very uh, common, very familiar for me when I came to Saskatchewan to, to Canada at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the best gift always was a book, mm. and we were taught like that mm. when I was in school. Mm-hmm. The f- greatest gift for somebody will be a good book Mm -hmm. and we appreciated everything i mean theaters movies um good company to to talk about what you read to talk about like to read poetry to Mm -hmm. to talk about poetry it was the best thing we could imagine that was kind of life we yeah i think summer a uh, town where I grew up had a very uh, big influence from um, n- 1940s because with the Second War, lots of people, um, universities and all staff like professors and teachers were moved inside of the country. Lots of them moved to um Uzbekistan, because it was pretty safe there. Mm-hmm. And then lots of people stayed there after the war. Right. So we had the greatest university. Uh-huh. And great arts programs, probably? Yeah. And was there was the Russian ballet um, influence uh, there? In Absolutely. Uh, when I grew up, Moscow was our capital, right? Mm-hmm. Because it yes, used because to be so part of, part of Soviet Union. Union. Yes. So now independent. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and uh, yes, theaters. Uh, we had a few theaters, and they were always full. Right. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time. Culturally, very rich. Very. I would say. Samarkand used to be cultural uh, capital. Uh-huh. And you were telling me earlier that you basically grew up in a museum because your mom... Oh, yeah. Because yeah. your mom worked in a museum? Yes. And every day after school, mm. I came there. I spent hours mm. in the museum. And uh, somehow I didn't pick this virus of, you know, like, his his. Uh, to, to be um, involved in history and mm-hmm. to read about that, but I read lots of books, and I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be. Um, I was more romantic, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and you were a writer. You, you were sitting I, yeah. in front of some of the books that you wrote. 
I did, yes. Um, you wrote from a very early age. I was, yeah, I was around six, mm -hmm. and poetry was my favorite part of literature. Mm -hmm. And then... So you were published by the time you were seven? I was, <laughs> I was published. Yeah. I uh, went to different... I was invited to different events, and I even... I didn't write music, but mm -hmm. I played. What part I of finished what? piano. Uh -huh. I finished mm -hmm. uh, piano school, like I mean uh, music uh -huh. school. Okay. So I played piano, and I sang, and I was all about art. You bathed in the arts. We'll put it this way, yeah. yes. Yeah. So when uh, Soviet Union crashed, Mm -hmm. In 1993, it was a pretty big shock for us. For a cultural shock, a cultural and a political, political everything. Yeah. Right, because it changed everything for uh -huh. us. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, so we started. Uh, it, it's actually like it was a day of end. Everything we used to yes. just disappeared in one day. Wow. And we had to learn new language. Like, for example, here. If, um, yes, um, French is... Uh, yeah, the official language. Official yeah. language, right. second language. Mm -hmm. But not m very many people right. speak French, yes. right? Same was in Uzbekistan at this time. So not very... Very many people spoke um, Uzbek, and suddenly from today, you're supposed to speak just Uzbek, wow. and everywhere. You had to find a whole new identity. Overnight. Right. And it was a very big influence of religion. It became pretty extreme. Extreme Muslim extreme? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we had to start. Okay. We can hear the Sega band coming downstairs. That's what that is in the background. Right. So you had to start really from scratch. Yeah, but um, what was the most sad for us? That uh, life that we used to have there, we used to feel like it's our home. Everyone is uh, our friend. I mean, we never had any... Um, any fights mm -hmm. with somebody mm -hmm. like different um, different nationality or different so language yeah and uh, suddenly all around my town was in fire uh, it was the beginning of a civil war right. and because we were pretty young but we had two kids already we had to think about how to deal with that. And we were not ready to stay. And so, to, so you, we moved. You fled. We moved, yeah. <clears throat> Where did you move to? Um, I would call this country X. Country X, okay. Country right. X. But was, was moving to country X difficult? I mean, was it in the cover of night? Was it easy to, to leave? It wasn't very Not easy. easy. No, it wasn't. It was 1995. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Not long ago. Uh, almost 20 years ago. But still, in history, yeah. in historical terms, yes. that long ago. Yes. For yeah. us, it feels like it was ages ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was totally different. Like we had to learn new language. We had In country to... X, you had to learn mm -hmm. new language, right? Right. Did it feel? Did you feel like a stranger in a strange land, or was it a sense of relief that you had left? No. It wasn't a sense. It of wasn't. Relief. Well, you were leaving home. We spent there thirteen years. Our kids grew up there, mm -hmm. but we never felt their home. Yeah. It was, I wouldn't say that it was a mistake, because we probably didn't have much of choices. Yeah. 
many of church uh, choices mm-hmm. and uh, it for sure uh, uh, was a great experience it was absolutely great experience but today looking back i i'm so happy that we made a choice yeah and we moved yeah. forward um after country x where did you wind up mm-hmm. where, where were it you was next after canada that? oh canada right yeah and what year was that first uh like the decision took a few years because when you moved when you made these dif- different like when you got this different experience and you know everything what could happen and what difficulties you can experience it wasn't very easy because to start again all over yeah. from zero yeah and i would say I don't know. We just made this decision. We just jumped into water. Uh-huh. How did you decide Canada? Was there a draw? Was there something here that was pulling you to Canada? I mean, what was the deciding factor? I read a lot about Canada. Mm-hmm. I uh, even visited in mm-hmm. uh, Canada in 2006 just because we wanted to make sure that this time we won't get the same um, situation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we wanted to make sure that finally we will find home. And I was totally, totally fall, fell in love with Canada when I arrived. First, by people, like the kindness, the readiness to help. Where had you arrived? Uh, first to Toronto, and then I moved to um, Nova Scotia. My home. To Halifax, I spent there over a month, found greatest people. It was wonderful experience, and then I moved to Edmonton and spent there a month or so. And yeah, after three months I spent in Canada, I knew for sure that that is my home. I the only country I want to live in is Canada. And no matter where you were in any of those cities, there must have been a tremendous sense of relief coming to a country where you just knew right away that there was peace here. Right. That there was and no sense was of dis-ease politically exactly. or anything. It was the only reason why we wanted Canada mm-hmm. so badly to be our home. Um, yeah, it took a long, long time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very easy to get our documents mm-hmm. done, and it was a pretty uh, challenging thing. Right. When did you come to Saskatchewan? Um. This January will be four years mm-hmm. since we moved here. What was it like when you got to Saskatchewan? Was there anything about being in this province that conjured up some part of your life in Uzbekistan? I mean, you you showed me these incredible buildings dating back to the 15th century, so not the architecture, but was there anything about the landscape, being in the middle of the prairies, being landlocked the way we are? Uh, the nature looks more like Russia, I would uh-huh. say. Okay. A lot like Russia. Right. Middle. And... Uh, but it was very, very close to me because we grew up, as I said, we always traveled. Mm-hmm. All my childhood, we traveled all around. We went to different places in uh, b- because it still was like Canada. You can move everywhere, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, until it right. crushed. Right. And it reminded me a lot, but... 
the style of life, mm-hmm. probably. How people kind, mm-hmm. how people warm mm-hmm. here. Right. Even though it's so cold. I can't say that I I feel this cold probably because you know it's a very warm place mm. mm-hmm. which people make warm yeah so and the principal principal industry in Uzbekistan was the gold industry was it not the gold gold and gold? cotton Golden cotton, right? So interesting that, and here we are, you know, with with the potash industry here, um, that we're you're in a place that again is is drawing from natural resources as a primary part of the economy, not to mention farming. Right. How did you get to Humboldt? You know, I believe that nothing happens without God's will. Mm-hmm. Means. When we received an answer from Humboldt's uh, business, mm-hmm. um, I, I sent lots of my husband's resumes around. What does your husband do? He's an electrician. Uh-huh. When we received an answer, and the guy, he was just amazing. He's still living in Humboldt. Mm-hmm. He also moved from the business where he used to work, and it feels like he uh, he finished his mission there mm-hmm. because of us, mm. and he moved forward. Ah, yeah. So it just feels waiting. like that. Wait, well, right. He <laughs> just yeah. He just waited to help us and oh, to move. That's yeah, nice. we are very good friends still. Right. And I'm guessing you're probably the only family from Uzbekistan living in Humboldt. Probably. Probably, yes. Yeah. Is there a, a significant population in the province that you've discovered um, that are Uzbek? I'm not even not sure. sure no. I heard about some stories, like about somebody, oh, they also from Uzbekistan, but, you know, it was never, even when we lived in Toronto and it's much easier to find somebody who speaks the same language as you and probably from the same country as you, but it wasn't never our goal to find somebody and to, you know, just because Mm -hmm. they're from the same place. Mm -hmm. We wanted to integrate. Mm -hmm. We wanted to, as soon as possible, to become part of this country. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like, what the reason? Yeah, right, right. So, and what yeah. did you find culturally here um, that that inspired you? I mean, you grew up in such a culturally rich environment in Uzbekistan. Here you are in Humboldt. We're sitting in this fantastic gallery on the other side of the street is a museum. Did you find your soul being satisfied culturally here? Absolutely. Right. And for me, it feels like the circle is just... Aha. Uh-huh. Completed it. Completed. Right. Because when we moved first time from Uzbekistan to the Mm. other country, I couldn't um, let myself to sit, to dream, Uh to write. Right. We had to start our new life. We had two kids. Sure. We had lots of responsibilities. Uh And I just put this part of my life aside and for so many years it felt it kind of felt like I'm not the person who I used to be anymore Mm -hmm. Mm. I thought this part of me just died Mm. but no it it was there, it's still there, and now when we, I can say we settled. Mm-hmm. And I feel so, a uh, lot of appreciation, because Saskatchewan gave me not just home and uh, uh, 
kind of life I dreamed my whole life, mm-hmm. but also freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. to be who I am or who I want mm-hmm. to be. And, um, and you know what it's like to not have that freedom. Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Absolutely, and also, you know, like, when you have to feed your family, you can't let your, just live in your dreams. Right, and you probably didn't have much freedom or living in your dreams in Country X, either. Absolutely, no. You were in in total transition. Yeah, um, my my freedom I left in Uzbekistan Mm -hmm. at the moment Mm -hmm. when the Soviet Union crashed. Right. as for very many other people, yes, I'm because sure. yeah, maybe it's uh, it sounds weird, but I mean, Soviet Union, it wasn't just power, which uh-huh. you know, like speed you around. And, um, not many of people every day thought about political decisions up there. Right. We lived our lives, and it was pretty calm and nice and pretty good, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a big shock because somebody decided for you yeah. what will be with your life tomorrow, how you will live your life tomorrow. When I was young, like seven, ten years old, we went lots of times to Crimea, to Black uh-huh. Sea. Yeah. Because it was part of the Soviet Union. We could go there. Right. Right? It was the greatest place. Mm-hmm. It used to be part of Russia mm-hmm. for centuries. When in 90s, Soviet Union crushed, living in Uzbekistan, we understand how felt lots of people in all those different sure. countries around Russia because as I see that it was just a political movement mm-hmm. for most people it wasn't a day of freedom right um, they lost same as us mm-hmm. yeah. there's freedom yeah even because now they couldn't go to their relatives in other part of yeah Soviet Union, yeah. what it used to be, because now it's a different country. Yeah. Right. So it changed a lot. And um, as I see, and I have some friends who live there, Crimea wasn't taken by... Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they voluntarily went. 94%, 94% as I know. Yeah. As I know. And I can understand it because um, most of the people used to speak Russian. Mm-hmm. Same as in Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. in lots of other countries. And when you used to. Yeah, sure. You know, it, it's pretty hard for you to start. <coughs> Speaking other language, especially like if you're not moving to other country, and it was your choice, you know that if you move to Spain, 
yeah. you would probably need to Likely. learn Spanish, right? Yeah. You live where you used to live and suddenly you can't use your language, the only maybe language you know. Yeah. If you're enjoying this episode of Sascapes, why not download the entire series for free from the iTunes store? Simply search for Sascapes by Sass Culture. And while you're there, feel free to support Sascapes by giving us a star rating or writing a review. From time to time, I'll share some of the comments in upcoming episodes. And who knows, it could be your comment I read next. And now, back to the podcast. So here you are in Humboldt jumping back over and the and the doors open again and your freedom is here and your creative freedom is here right and so what does that look like when you're here what what the storm gates open and out comes this flood of creativity all of a sudden and and what did that look like for you did you begin writing again i'm looking into that right now there are lots of thoughts in my had lots of feelings and I'm just or maybe I, I feel even like a kid in a toy store. Mm, nice. Oh, there are so many things. What I would pick That's up. Great. Do yeah. you feel that way when you go into the museum across the street? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And um it's very creative town. Mm-hmm. And uh I see that people are looking all the time for something new to start, something new to create, to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're always ready to help. And you've got this really cool job working at the at the Newcomer Center. Yes. I mean, that, your I'm personality works so well there, I bet. I'm very lucky. I'm, yeah... You're one of the first points of contact for people coming into the province from other parts of the world. Right. What a great ambassador you make. Again, I applied. Mm-hmm. With, uh, a few other people, and I was just too lucky to get this job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what makes it easier for me I, I moved a couple of times, so I understand what it means for those people to start yeah. from nothing yeah. <clears throat> and uh, how scary it is and uh, how sometimes they're lost and they don't know what to start from. So we're trying to help everyone, yeah. to encourage, to support, and uh, we become friends with very many newcomers. Well, I witnessed that when, when you came in, when the Sega Band was here. It was like a family reunion. Absolutely. And you were one of the first people that they would have met coming here, those who lived in Humboldt. Yeah. Clifton met you um, probably fairly early on. Not exactly, no? but it was funny because I, when Clifton moved here, I didn't work yet in oh. Newcomer Center, but I was a newcomer. Right. Who was coming oh, right. pretty often there. So we met each other when we were in the same in the same situation. And uh, we're just yeah, we're just very good friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. With all of those guys and they're amazing. When I watched the video about mm. Mauritius mm-hmm. I understood how different Saskatchewan is mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. It just... But they find such satisfaction here. Right. You know, I, I think the key is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people who try and work hard, and appreciate everything they get. It's not as difficult as for somebody who is always looking back mm-hmm. and uh, comparing what I've got, what I've lost. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, the best 
the best way is probably to look forward uh -huh. and uh, to remember everything you went through. Sure. And, you know, if, if you made a decision, it was because of some reason mm -hmm. to move. Mm -hmm. Just not to forget why. Did your children come here as well? Yeah, yeah, they live in Toronto, uh -huh. in Great Toronto area. And did any of you, their your love of arts and culture rub off on them? Not exactly. No. no. <laughs> you didn't give birth to two budding musicians or writers or. Um. Yeah. Sometimes it's pretty sad when I'm thinking about that <laughs> because probably when they grew up, we were just. Doing different, right? We, we were living different yeah, lives, right? Right. But our son, he's very like his dad. He's always busy with something. Mm -hmm. He's always fixing stuff, mm -hmm. building, and it, it's good. Somebody mm -hmm. has to build. Yeah, and they've come here to see you. Yeah, we go there. They mm -hmm. come here. Mm -hmm. Last summer, my daughter with our grandson. And they enjoy Saskatchewan. They are. They they love it. They yeah. Especially You're a grandmother I, already. I am twice. Wow, you don't look old enough to be a grandmother. Thank you. I'm a young grandma. You are a very young <laughs> grandma. Yeah. Yeah. I love them very very much. Right. And um, you know, sometimes I'm thinking how it happened that we live in different places mm -hmm. but at least we're still in the same country mm -hmm. and uh, you know who knows maybe someday yeah. have you gone back to Uzbekistan since never never mm -mm. do you have any desire to I don't think so no, no I I'm pretty scared of finding or not finding things well, you would see a new Uzbekistan Absolutely. and it would totally destroy I th your yeah. memory. I think nothing of what I remember is still there. Uh -huh. But I understand that. They, they, there's a saying, you can never go home again. And you can never go back to the home that you remember, even though... Even though the land is still there, the soil is still there, the ancient yeah. buildings are still there, it's not the life you had when you grew up there. And sometimes right. it's better to just stay with those memories. We don't have citizenship right. of Uzbekistan anymore. Right, right. Since then. So you just can't pop over for a summer vacation, right? Yeah, yeah. and I prefer to go to some other places. There now, are many places in the world. I know that there, the Ukrainian culture and the Russian culture are not the same culture, but I also am always fascinated, even within my own culture, which is which is Jewish. My my original, on my mother's side, family were from Romania. But I, what I love is the crossover in the in the food. It has completely different names. But some of the things are very, very similar. Very similar. Like in the pierogies, I think, were called Verenica in exactly. And and you too, huh? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So so, do you feel, even though it's a different culture, do you find some comfort in in uh, some of those similarities? Um, I have many friends who mm -hmm. are from Ukraine. They mm -hmm. live here. We speak same language. Some uh -huh. of them even don't very good speak uh, Ukrainian. Uh -huh. Oh, they Just speak Russian better than Ukrainian. Exactly, oh, because wow, right. they're from eastern part of right. Ukraine. Right. We have lots of common things. I, you know, it's hard for me. Probably somebody will <clears throat> throw <laughs> an apple mm. or something on me, but... <laughs> I still just can't get how Russian and Ukrainian people suddenly became different uh, nations, different... Oh, right, because you knew it when that was not the case. Oh, no. Right. We are just very, uh, I would put it, we are 
we have so much in common. Mm -hmm. But isn't that a traditions? But isn't that a testament that politics borders can't crush those similarities? I mean, they're always there, no matter what country takes over who. Right, who, but who. you know, it depends on how you grow, how you raise your kids, right? Sure. You have to be a friend with every person, doesn't matter what color of skin he has or where he's from, what his language, what his, you know what I mean? Well, I think that's true. And I think that there is a great deal to be said, positive things to be said about inclusive and inclusive culture. But I don't think that that has to dismiss the fact that we all still want to hold on to our roots and celebrate that's and right. celebrate who we are. And that, that doesn't segregate us from other cultures. That's right. That just reminds us of who we are. It's our story. Our, our culture is, is the fabric of who we actually are. So, You know, maybe for me it's very hard to understand the today's reality with Ukraine now. Mm-hmm. Because when I grew up, for example, it was a state holiday. Mm-hmm. We always had had concerts mm-hmm. going on TV, mm-hmm. and every republic was represented by singers or oh, yeah. dancers. Yeah. And Ukraine was always there, and it was the you know like it, it wasn't. In Soviet Union, you have to forget who you are, what your nationality is, and your language. No, mm. it wasn't. You kept everything, mm. and you just was like here in Canada. You had this freedom to be who you are and to be a friend with everyone. Yeah. And uh, it's really hard for me to understand what happens in Ukraine now, and I am... Um, First month after what happened with Maidan were the hardest. I-, I cried because I just, you know, two of those um, nations, they are brothers. Mm-hmm. And whatever somebody po- po- politic yeah. says, it doesn't matter. They are mm-hmm. brothers. Yeah. And it's it's just horrible that somebody makes them to hate each other. Not everyone, but I mean some of those. But you must find comfort when you meet the when you meet the Ukrainians that still speak Russian. You must you must have a sense of ah, I we we still have that commonality. Right, especially when yeah, most of my friends. As they were my friends, they stay my friends. Mm-hmm. You've rested, you found peace here. Yes. Yes, I, and I hope it will, it will be my and my husband's home. And, um, but we're very, very lucky to have you bring the very best of your home and the memories of your home to a to Humboldt, um, you know, you, I think whether we're born here or whether we come here from other places, we inform in our own little way. We somehow, we make a difference. We make a slight shift in, in the collective conscience of, of the province and, and right. we open up minds just because we come from other circumstances. That's that's absolutely true. And maybe you find through when your creativity opens up and you begin writing again that you can you can revisit the very best of those moments through your writing, and then we get to live vicariously through your writing those those very best of moments that you have. I hope so. Because uh, you can't go back, but you can never. Nobody can ever take those moments away. That's true. And also, even though the country where I was born and grew up is totally, it looks totally different, and mm-hmm. it is 
totally different, but the culture um, and the way of life, as I said, is pretty similar to what we have here in Canada. That's probably why we feel so mm-hmm. much home. And um, yeah, especially the uh, the freedom to choose um, even not to the freedom to be friendly mm-hmm. with everyone, mm-hmm. not to look for um, enemies, mm-hmm. not to take somebody's parts, not to choose somebody's sides. Mm-hmm. To celebrate the to celebrate our similarities, right. not to go exactly, for exactly. Yeah. And I feel that no one is taking my um, my freedom to be who I am, mm-hmm. to speak my own language, mm-hmm. to look as I want to look. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it's the it's the best. Maybe living in Uzbekistan. I was younger for sure, but probably my dream of life then was what I have in real here mm-hmm. in Canada. But then it looked like it's idealistic thing. Yeah, sure. It's not existing. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But it, it is. Here it is now. Yeah. And you've come to... You've come to Saskatchewan and you've come to Humboldt, and who knew you'd become a model? Um, I mean, who'd have thunk? Here you were, modeling the other night for the uh, gala fundraiser for the gallery, and first time modeling. How was that? It was, uh, it was actually, it started from a joke. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. because um, I saw the advertisement on a um, door mm-hmm. when I went to the store, uh, entered the store mm-hmm. uh, and uh, brick house, mm-hmm. and I was laughing. I talked to the owner and I said, "Lana, maybe you need some models." It was a total joke. Oh, because I never thought about myself. Careful what you ask for; you just might get it. Exactly. How to feel? And she said. Oh, if you're ready, it will be wonderful. And then I was, for a second, I was thinking, me, a model? Um, And then again, freedom. Yeah. Why not? And it was packed. So everybody, anybody who saw you, did it feel good? Um, It's pretty scary. Oh, you don't strike me as particularly shy. I am. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it doesn't seem like that, but you know, I mean, um, I did it. it. It was good feeling because I didn't do that because I just wanted to show everyone no. how beautiful I am. I think because you did it, it for wasn't. You. Um. As you say, you did it for you because it was a celebration of the fact that you have the freedom to choose to do these things. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Because lots of, like, probably mostly in my life, I did what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. There were not many places uh, for something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And here it was a bright moment when I said, I can do that. And I will do that mm-hmm. because why not? Yeah. Right, especially if you have a right reason. Or even if it's a joke, it was worth it. Probably, probably, yes. I think we live in a province where people are grateful when citizens volunteer their time and their efforts and their talents to do things. Um, Saskatchewan, Maybe. yeah, Saskatchewan's cultural landscape functions on people giving of themselves, and I don't think for one second anybody sits back and says, "Oh, they're doing it for their own self 
importance mm-hmm. and to yeah. put themselves up on a pedestal. That's my biggest you concern. You were very funny. You said to me on the phone, but I'm not a, I don't want people to think I'm a movie star if I, if I talk <sighs> to you. Um, that's not the point of, of this series. The point of this series is to capture people's stories of who they are in their own little lives. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Um, I'm sort of doing a series of three podcasts in a row of people who came from other parts of of uh, the world, from Kenya, from Mauritius, wow. from Uzbekistan. And I think that that's really important that we get a sense of what their lives, what your lives are like there and, and what you can contribute. So right. it's not that you're doing it for yourself, it's that you're contributing to us. It's your gift to us. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's a very important point. No one is pushing you to assimilate. Right. It's your choice, what you want to do with your mm-hmm. culture, with your memories. And um, yeah, I think it's the most important part of um, great feeling mm-hmm. that I yeah, experienced. I'm honored to have heard your st- a little bit of your story and to have met you. Thank you so much. All three of us are very happy to be in this room. <laughs> That'll be you, me, and the recorder. That's your joke. Right. <laughs> yeah, That's right. a little private joke between you and I that the rest of the world is not going to get. That's our special little joke. Yeah, and I think it's it's so nice that we have those little things yeah, today. That absolutely. They make our life much easier. They do. Thank you, Olga. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created by Kevin Power as part of the Culture Days Animata program operated by Sass Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sports, Culture, and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other Sass Culture animateurs, please visit www.iheartculture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...